Hello and welcome to the Pink Stripes Podcast. I'm joined again by Matt and Andy to discuss the 43 to nothing shutout victory over the Dolphins, as well as the upcoming matchup against the Luke Falk-led Jets. How y'all doing? Great. Thanks for having us back. I'm just blessed that I am allowed to come back on the show every week. Yeah, I'm a little surprised you are. Allowed <laughs> to come back. Not blessed. I know you're blessed. <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised they haven't shut us down yet for being too real. But, you know, that's life, isn't it? Uh, I think we're flying a little under the radar, so we're doing pretty well there. Yeah, like a plane. Anyway, so what's happened this week? We've played some sort of football game. Well, you uh, could you call could, it you that. You could call it that. <laughs> it might have been more of a scrimmage. <laughs> uh, 43 to nothing. Arguably a good game for us did it feel that close to you guys in the second half it felt a lot more of a blowout than 43 to nothing didn't yeah, do that well in the, the first half no, yeah, the first half was, was a little weird it was only a 13 nothing the first half <laughs> the thir- the first half was frustrating because it felt like our offense was like we to jump onto antonio brown quickly i guess he had four catches on eight targets, 56 yards, and a touchdown. His four catches all came before the last four targets. It felt like we were trying to force him the ball a bit, and it was stagnating our offense later in drives, and that was frustrating to me. I, I didn't I think feel it makes... like they were trying to force it. I think there's always a little bit of Brady trying to feed the new guy. I mean, we saw yeah, last year with Josh Gordon, yeah, especially exactly. against like, the Titans. But it was. Uh, I think he was also open on most of the the throws, or there was the ones where it was just a miscommunication. Where yeah. if he was where Brady expected him to be, he would have been open. So it didn't feel like a force. It's just that good, I think. On the well, I've seen, uh, and it's a few people like as well saying that. Um, I've got I've got sources. It's fine. Um, is that <laughs> basic? They they think Antonio Brown is getting open so quickly because he was he's just such a class above whatever Brady's had that Brady just can't hasn't worked that out with him yet because mm-hmm. he just didn't seem ready for it because like like who, who I don't even know the co- is David Howard still in the Dolphins yeah, yeah he's their only good corner <laughs> for now <laughs> yeah um, for the next week but yeah like apart like no one else is in the same caliber as Antonio Brown on the like the entire field basically outside of Brady so it just made um, I think he might just not be ready for it and then as that chemistry builds it will all be good. I don't think it's a good This concern. was the right game to, if we were forcing it to him, it's the right game to do it. Because even, <laughs> even when we were up 13 to nothing, it felt like, yeah, it was frustrating that we weren't scoring, but it felt like there was no way the Dolphins were going to have any kind of chance at any point because their offense couldn't even cross the 50. <laughs> like, yeah, it felt like the game was never not in our control. And I think they crossed the 50 like once. In the it was either once or quarter. twice because I think they had like one where they got to the 48 and then they got pushed back. Yeah, because th- they showed a stat and it was like plays in opponent's territory and the Patriots had like 30 and yeah. the, the Dolphins had one at the time. I think yeah. it was somewhere in the third quarter. Because they had, I mean, they had a late drive with Rosen where they got into Right. Yeah. And then, then we picked them <laughs> off of them. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> going back to what Matt was saying, I don't, oh, I don't and know then that play right at the end does get quickly. too open. Uh, 
it does get open too early, Antonio Brown, because Brady did hit him right off the back of the head with one of those throws. <laughs> there's oh, that was the one where he he ran the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, he just and there was it a play. was open. It just wasn't in the right direction. There was a third down play. It might have been the same one. I can't remember off the top of my head actually. But we had them spread. We had them spread five wide, and I saw immediately the way the defense was split out. You had Edelman would have had wide open space in the middle, and we just threw it in a contested catch situation to Antonio Brown just, to, I guess, to try it out. But I was thinking there on a third down that you just try to get your touchdown and then you can experiment later. But we didn't, and we still got the win. So it's not like it matters. But right. I mean, come, just, you take away, you take away, you add seven points to this game and everything changes. Yeah, exactly. But at that point, it was, I think it was still 13 nothing at that point. And I was sitting there like, try to get the seven points instead of experimenting. If you look at it, like in the fourth, we we scored ten in the third quarter. We scored twenty in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and th- a lot of that was defense. Because what was mm-hmm. it? Um, twelve points, two two pick sixes. Yeah, we had two pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it was really just the end of the game when it felt like they had no no fight left in them at all, and just it became just the the Dolphins just giving us the win. They just, they just let us have, not even not the win, but they, they just folded completely and let us just score mm-hmm. without yeah, any concern. Yeah, going with emotions at the end there. Especially on that last, um, the screenplay, mm-hmm. where you had the three linemen in front of James White and all three, all four of them just kind of walked in the end zone with nobody yep. there to block or to miss or anything. I think at a certain point, both sides just wanted to try to get out there without any more injuries. Yeah. Especially the Patriots. And that, that segs into the next note. Uh, Isaiah Wynn landed on IR today. He'll be out at least eight weeks with turf toe. So we have more question for, question marks at the tackle position because we've already got Marcus Cannon week to week. It really reminds me of it. It reminds me of how awful the O-line was in 2015. I think we have no shot at winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's fine. It's, it's better to have the injury now than in like week 10. It's best especially, with how, especially with how backloaded our schedule is. Right. We can survive but, with worse tackle play through this portion of the schedule with these bad teams. But when you look at our schedule later in the year, we have a lot of tough opponents. At the end of the day, we're going to be the number one seed. We're going to get to the AFC Championship. That's not a concern. That's, who we need. That's what we need people to be healthy for. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. only really two games. Really, when you think about it, the Patriots' schedule is only two games a year, and that's all we need <laughs> people to be healthy for. So it's chill. Well, three games, hopefully. You look at you look at uh, our backloaded schedule. We got week eight when it kind of starts. If you consider Cleveland a team to worry about, we nobody knows what the hell Cleveland is yet. Uh, I mean, they won against the Jets, which they were supposed to do, and they won by multiple scores, but there are still a lot of question marks about that team. You have Week 9, Baltimore looks like world beaters. They've played bad teams to start the year, but they still look really good. you got the Eagles in Week 11, the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. the Texans, the Chiefs. Then we should be beating the Bengals, and we got the Dolphins in Week 17, but you've also got the Bills in Week 16, and they might be a little bit more of a question mark this year. They look a little tough, although they haven't had the best opponents either. Or the best of luck against the Patriots. Yeah, we we should be beating them, especially since that was the home game. We should be beating them. We are a better team than them. But so, that's still that's still a tough 
back end of the schedule after a really easy beginning part of the schedule. So I, I make spreadsheets in my spare time, uh, and I decided, I remember seeing something about how um, Tom Brady had more wins in Buffalo than someone. And so I decided to look it up on Pro Football Reference. And um, of quarterback wins in Buffalo, Tom Brady is fifth all-time. Uh, he is only behind you, Bledsoe, because uh, Bledsoe has 18 wins. He's fourth all-time in Buffalo history uh, with wins in the stadium in Buffalo. Uh, with 18, four of those actually came with the Patriots and then mm -hmm. the 14. Uh, Brady's uh, just behind him with 15 wins. So if he wins the next three matchups in Buffalo, he will move up to fourth place behind the likes of Jim <laughs> Kelly, Frank Reich, and Joe Ferguson. Okay, for, people, for people who can't remember, Drew Bledsoe played for the Buffalo Bills. He things, you would, things you may have forgotten if you were between the <laughs> ages it? of one and four. Um, I can't remember. Was it we traded him to the Bills and then he went to the Cowboys, or was it we traded him to yeah. the Cowboys and then he went to the Bills? No, we traded him to the Bills. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he played there for I couldn't a few remember years. off the top of my head on that one. Uh, we traded him for Reasonably something well. that I can't see, and I wish I hadn't started that sentence. He <laughs> he set a team record with passing yards. I love I love this phrase. Oh, okay. It says. He continued his strong play in 2003 as the Bills began the year 2-0. and Yeah. Got hold two games into the season. He was with strong play. Yeah, that was uh, the year that we traded them uh, Lloyd Malloy, I believe, right before the season started. And then they blew the doors off the Patriots 31 nothing. And some of the guys said that the team hates Bill Belichick. Yes, uh, but then the last game of the season, they played the Bills again. And they were up 31 nothing, but the Bills were driving. And so Belichick put all his starters back in the game <laughs> to force the, uh, the defensive stop to end the game and keep it at 31 nothing. So quite a bookend on that season. I can't um, remember who did that. Did we win the Super Bowl that year? In 03, yes, we did. Oh, yeah. Just classic, isn't it? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I am. Um... I think I'm relatively happy with. Um, I think I would take that for another Super Bowl. What's that? If I could, if I could, I, I would take a 31 shutout for a Super Bowl. That'd be nice. It'd be nice to win one easy. Oh, I meant every. Oh wait, sorry. I meant I would accept losing a 31 nothing game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> if that gave us a Super Bowl, I didn't. I'm, I was clearly confused about what happened. <laughs> oh, no, we beat them 31 nothing. Yes. Yeah, oh, the, I thought they beat one, us. They beat us 31 nothing, And then oh, okay. week 17, we returned the favor. <laughs> how how amusing of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I got to teach you stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't around for that, was I? Right, yeah. Because... You're a new wave Patriots fan. You're that new money Patriots fan. Yeah, I'm like Kathy Bates into the Titanic. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, what I really appreciated this week was how every single part, every single faction of our defense played well. Like every part of it was great. 
there was no oh the cornerbacks make up for the linebackers. There was no other oh, the defensive ends make up for the DTs. Every single individual position group worked perfectly. It was great. I would have liked to see a bit more pressure from the front line. I mean, we pressured we pressured the hell we out got of like them at seven times. sacks, <laughs> especially against Rosen. We killed Rosen. Uh, well, oh. in the first in the first half, not so much though. I thought that it was basically the the defensive backfield that was kind of just not allowing anybody open. So it took forever, but they eventually got there. But then once fair, it was the second half and and things started getting away. To be uh, fair, on that on the first half, the Dolphins had the ball so little that it's hard to actually take stock in anything that happened in terms of like oh, the passers shouldn't get there because generally the Dolphins had three plays on offense in the first half. Yeah, they true. were they were so abysmal. I can't. I don't know what the total time of possession was at the end of the game, but I remember seeing it was like thirty minutes to like fifteen or thirty minutes to like thirteen at one point in the Patriots' favor. That that yeah, Dolphins' defense that. was so exhausted by the end of that game. It ended 36 and a half minutes to 23 and a half minutes, which is a pretty big swing. It was, it was an absolutely absurd game from a time of possession standpoint, the, the way the Patriots dominated it. The, the Dolphins' offense was completely useless outside of when we started playing vanilla coverages in prevent defense late in the game. Except for when we wanted to preserve our shutout, and then we started attacking again. Yeah, I think uh, an underrated part of this defense has been uh, against the run too. Because I mean, you haven't really seen much of it, just because teams, teams have been playing gotten, behind. Yeah, so they started to throw the ball. So that hasn't been a lot, but uh, even in this game, they only allowed forty-two run uh, rushing yards, but it was only on fifteen carries. So. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers oh, didn't run very well with Connor, and Connor's a good running back too. Yeah, so I mean, that's and they've got a good offensive line. Carry. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've defensively we've been fantastic both against the run and the pass. We've had great pass rush, great pass coverage, and our gap play and our ability to attack the run has been phenomenal as well. Yeah. You no, know I think has been a big part of that is old uh, Danny Shelto. <laughs> That man oh. looks like he is as wide as he is tall. He's just a square <laughs> human being. You look at him and he just... He's huge. You, you could you could kind of tip him on his side and he'd look the same. <laughs> yeah, he um, he's just... He does a really good job of playing nose tackle. In he's the not... three, four, four package. They got 10 snaps in the previous game. You're welcome. You've been analyzed. <laughs> so, yeah, so we basically that means we ran our base defense for 10 plays, which tracks. Um, most yes. teams, we ran nickel, the 245 nickel, we ran that more than anything. Um, arguably, that's our base defense. Yeah, arguably, and, and arguably in the NFL, that's going to be your base defense, is either you're going to be running a 425 or a 245. Um, sometimes you'll see a 335. But, uh, all right. Know. I have a question for you. If I, if I may, you go first. Um, the 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 numbers three three five, for example. Now I know there's eleven players on the field, but none of those numbers are eleven. So where does right. that number come from? What what does three three five mean? Okay, so a three three five would be 
you would have three down linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. That makes sense. And that would be called nickel coverage. It's a different, it's a variation of a nickel, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nickel coverage just means you have five defensive backs. Yeah. And so you get five defensive backs, that, that makes it a nickel. However, you have three down linemen, three linebackers. That's how you get your three, three, which is different from a two, four, five, which would have two down linemen and four linebackers. Or a four-two-five, which would have four down linemen and two linebackers. You'll usually see your four-two-fives in more of a four-three defensive setup because you want your four-three defensive linemen on the field. Yeah, because the his... standards are usually like for the front seven, it's either a three-four or three, usually. And yeah. then, so we played a. I, I do know what this one means. We played a quarter. Um, we played quarter on the um, the Sean, not the Sean. Uh, what, what is his bloody name? Dmac. What's his first name? Devin. There we go. Uh, Devin On the Devin McCourty pick, um, we were we were in quarter. Now, right. do you think that's going to be something we consistently use, or do you think it's just something to throw out right. every once in a while? Quarters defense, you're only going to see that against like obvious passing downs where there's no chance of a run because you're going to have such limited Third run defense on the field. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have three linebackers or three rushers really, and then like a single actually backfield linebacker, somebody to cover. Um, your your quarter defense is. I mean, there are sometimes you'll have a quarter defense where it's one down lineman and three linebackers, things like that. But two of the linebackers are rushers. So that leads into my question, actually. So when they're talking about a three-four versus a four-three, the Patriots often seem to have the same people on there uh, in terms of players. So how how do they determine what the actual lineup is? Like when Chase Winovich is out there, is he considered a linebacker or is he considered a, a defensive lineman? Well, what we're seeing <laughs> in the modern NFL is a melding of positions into what right. we would call edge. So Winovich yes. would be an edge defender. So since the, the Patriots run a multiple defensive look, so we can run both 4-3 and 3-4. We favor 3-4 because we have better nose defenders and things like that for that situation and we favor it for run defense but if we need to we can run a 4-3 look out there we have the linebackers for it uh winovich would be an edge player so on a 4-3 if you if you want to put it into boxes in a 4-3 he'd be a defensive end in a 3-4 he'd be an outside linebacker so when they track that how do they determine what he is is it just if he stands up he's a linebacker and if he's got his hand in the dirt he's a lineman I don't know how people track it, but I would imagine that would essentially be how it is. I'm sure the Patriots okay. would look at it differently from a coaching staff standpoint. But yeah, because I assume it has to do with like responsibilities too. Sort of. Like, I mean, if you have a hand in the dirt, it's a little harder to drop back into coverage. True. Unless it wasn't. Wasn't it Danny Shelton that dropped back into coverage and almost had the pick on the uh, Gilmore pick six? Uh, some big body in the middle. I don't know if it was Sheldon, but it was some big body. I don't in the think middle. it was. I don't think it was Shelton. I know it. Oh shoot! I can't remember who it is. I'll have to look at the play again. But I, I can't remember who that one was. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like he was. Sure, he was one, playing trail technique on the on the receiver. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I think is quite interesting for the team is how um how deep the interior lineman situation actually is. Mm-hmm. In like that's a weird because like, we, as you said we may we mainly use nose tackles and such oh like that's why we have such good nose tackle we use a three four but then you've got like what four or five defensive tackles you can play you've got a uh, guy can play there uh, Butler you can play Bennett interior 
but just a lot of options there. Yeah, I feel like nobody's really talking about Bennett anymore with everything else that's been going on, but like he's yeah, kind yeah, of he's a big name on that defensive line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had 25 snaps and a sack mm-hmm. to give you an idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it might just be because we spent so much time in 245 that um, that's true. they just thought it was better to go with without him for a fair portion of that. And in a two four five, you'll usually see your smaller sets. You usually won't see a nose tackle, for instance, in a two four five. You'll usually see more of a pass rushing defensive tackle, and then more of a in the middle defensive end. Like your pass rushing defensive tackle will be like your one gapper, and then your defensive end will be your three gapper in a two four five. Would that and we be spend... Michael Bennett's role on this team. Bennett is kind. He can play three gap, but he's more four to five like he's more of an outside edge rusher type like you can put him in as a like if if going back to the simplified terms you could put him in as a four three defensive tackle if you needed to but it's not really his strength but in 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 any event really what bennett is for our team is probably a rotational like he's he's there for pass rushing so he's rotational in that regard, he's not going to be there to stop the run or things like that. He's going to be in there to disrupt the pass. Got it. So similar to uh, like a Winovich. Sort of, just more effective because like he's of, a yeah. veteran. Like Winovich, right. when we put Winovich right. out there, it's usually learning snaps. Winovich got uh, sack and a quarter, sack and a half. Hey, Not too bad. He, did, he got a sack and a half, yeah. Was it a sack and a half? I didn't see the half sack. He got. Uh, he shared it with Collins, I believe. Uh, yeah. Talking about Collins, what a game from him. Oh, Two boy. picks, a lot of tackles. He's flying all over the field, and he looks really good in the Patriots uniform again. It, yeah, he's just I'm still so not athletic. used to seeing him wearing the number 58 instead of the number 91. But I know. Uh, Andy, what <laughs> okay, was that? I like that he's like, matured. What? He's matured. <laughs> it's nicer. He looks a little bigger, too. He looks a little more like a, an actual linebacker. Yeah, oh, you're just standing closer safety. to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, Andy, you said that thing earlier where he's got the athletic, it's a common thing, but you said it, uh, uh, he's got the athleticism of a DB in a linebacker's yeah. body and he uses that so well. Yes. I he mean, you just, saw it on that, that, like the first play from scrimmage where they, the Dolphins tried to run a jet sweep yeah. and he had that outside edge contain role. And so he's supposed to basically just drive the tight end out to to string the play outside, and he just kind of stepped inside the guy, jumped in front of it, and just tackled the the wide receiver for a loss immediately. Mm. Yeah, like he's just one of those quick feet. Yeah, he's just one of those pure. It's such a it's such one of those like awful terms to use, but he's just one of those like X Factor style guys. You know, like yeah. they can just they just do like they do things that no other player can do when they're out there. Yeah, I wrote this down, and I don't know um, how much I had to drink at the time, so I don't know how hot a take this is, but I wrote down that he is the Gronkowski of the defense, the Rob Gronkowski of the defense. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I think it was like a big athletic guy that you can put in multiple roles, I think is where I was headed with that, but I... Would you not say Donta? Muddled. I think it's fair. I don't think it's the same because he Dante is more of a brick he's not, shit house. He, yeah, he's not <laughs> <in> the coverage. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want him out covering a back. And you're not going to see nah. him 
make an interception, return it for a touchdown because he's going to run out of gas halfway through. He's going to get run down by that defensive or the offensive lineman. You know, do you know what really reminds me of this? How do you remember like three seasons ago when Collins was on the Patriots? How you couldn't trust him to? It might be four seasons ago at this point. You couldn't trust him sometimes to cover a running back. <laughs> you, you damn sure couldn't trust him to cover a wheel route. My the God, wheel route, yeah. <laughs> LeSean McCoy. Um, yeah, oh. but but yeah, uh, but now he's actually. I, I would trust him to do that. It looks like he's actually playing within the system rather than just purely relying on instincts. I find it quite yeah. funny that a lot so many players go to other teams and then come back because it's just kind of like like um. Like, do you know, like when like mental girlfriends, I know this isn't true, this doesn't probably happen, but when they're like, oh, you'll, you'll never find someone better than me. Ah, and that's true. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got, it, a lot like, of players, the I don't coaches, think like, know what tips. they had until they're gone. Like Pat Chung yeah. comes back and immediately turns into a great safety with us because one, we actually utilized him right. And two, he just played within his role and played within the system, which he didn't really do before. Yeah. So I, I know you two aren't married, but, uh, I get a little taste of this every time my wife leaves for like a trip or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm a single guy again for the weekend. And I'll have like one good day where I'll just sit in my boxers and like watch TV and drink beer or whatever, play video games. Mm. And then by the end of the weekend, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm not single anymore because yes, kind of sucks. <laughs> what, you, what you're describing is my entire life. But okay. It gets boring real fast. Yeah, don't worry. I've been doing this for four months at this point. I'm at a level <laughs> of boredom that humanity couldn't fathom <laughs> in the 18th century. But instead, like, like, oh, because the thing is, you grow up and you just have all this light coming at you. You've got the TV and the video games, and you you have to go to schools every day, so that covers the time. And then you get home and you want to spend your time. But you've only got a few hours, and then one day you just have nothing. You have nothing, yeah. in you. and the whole and no day can be filled. And, and it's so glorious feel- and terrible all at the same time. Let's briefly discuss the Jets. There's not a whole lot that I think we really need to we discuss. We haven't spoken about Gilmore. Yeah. I wrote it you down. Are in a hurry? We are at a half hour right now. Mate, We've managed just... to, we have managed to talk about nothing for like 25 minutes. You got, right, you got just... a half hour on the Jets? I didn't no. think so. <laughs> but right. we do have plenty of time on pickums. Is Is, is Stefan Gilmore... It. Is Stefan Gilmore the best centre back? Fucking, I've watched him in football. Cornerback in the league. (laughs) Is he the best cornerback in the league, Ron? Do you think that uh, Stefan Gilmore is the best centre back in the league? I said it again. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to leave it at this point. Right. I'm crying. Ryan, do you think Stefan Gilmore just genuinely might be the best cornerback in the league? Yes, yes, I think cool. Stephon Gilmore is the best cornerback in the NFL right now. What I don't think Premier League. Um, Jalen Ramsey was in the news today talking about, and of course we're recording this on Tuesday, but Jalen Ramsey was in the news today talking about. Uh, there's no question who the best cornerback in the league is, and he's right. He's <laughs> right. That. It's not him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's but, right in the way he thinks he's right. Yeah, but he's right. Now, not taking like, anything away from Ramsey. Ramsey is a phenomenal cornerback, but Stephon Gilmer, what he's been doing out there for two seasons now is just incredible. Yeah. Do you remember that he actually was... To the Revis, uh, I'm saying it. Easy, Tiger. A bet for the <laughs> Patriots. For the Patriots. Uh, we'll have that argument in a second. Do you remember that um, Gilmore was actually a healthy <laughs> scratch when he first came here? Mm-hmm. 
a few games in, he couldn't figure it out and was yep. leaving guys wide open. And then ever since then, he's just been lights out. One of the but changes I, that was made that Matt Patricia stopped running zone 65% of the time. That helps. But I think he's... And then Matt like, Patricia just didn't stop playing. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he like he he really improved significantly after like the first four weeks was when it was really bad. He really improved significantly. And a lot of that was we put him in a man coverage, but a lot of it was he developed he has developed significantly in zone coverage as well. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. But it is quite I'm not I like the guy. I think he did a good job. But it is quite evident that the defense has improved massively since Patricia left. Oh, God, yeah. We became mm-hmm. aggressive. We were so soft with Patricia. We would never blitz. We would always drop eight people into coverage. One, when once we got like a two-score lead, we'd be running prevent defense, and it would drive me insane. <laughs> ben, don't third, break. Third, third and longs, we would run eight, drop eight people. Against backup quarterbacks, we'd do the same thing. Landry Jones tore us apart. <laughs> it was so is that, frustrating. Is that not a character from Friday Night Lights? <laughs> Who's Landry Jones? Is that yeah. the Steelers' backup? Yes, that was the Steelers' backup quarterback for a lot for a while there. Jesus Christ! I'm pretty he sure he's the so MVP bad. of the MLS last year, wasn't he? He was so bad, <laughs> and he lit us up. Yeah, uh, that wasn't a good game. Because any yeah, quarterback yeah, that, can do well if they have all the time in the row and wouldn't pressure quarterbacks. It's the good old days of uh, most yards in the league allowed and least points in the league. Yep. <laughs> so it, it did work out. On occasion, yeah. I mean, we'd still win games and everything. It was just ridiculously frustrating to watch that kind of defense, and it makes you wonder with how good that 2014 defense really was, how much better they would have been mm-hmm. if it was just Bill. If it was just Bill, or if it was <laughs> if it was Flores, Flores, yeah. Just the, the aggressiveness that they had, because that was a press man coverage team too, with Browner and Revis. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me. So, do you remember how we used to all have discussions of whether or not you had the option of keeping Josh or Matt Patricia? Who would you go for? And a lot mm. of people said Matt Patricia, but now it's fairly evident what the right answer is. Yes, Bill Belichick. The, t- the team, <laughs> the team has gone far and beyond what we had with Matt Patricia. It might be the best. There's an argument you can make for it being the best offensive and defensive team in the league. There's an argument. And that didn't happen with Matt Patricia around. I, I really enjoy our defense. It's, do, you know, do you know the thing is? My issue with the defense is, as everyone says, is that we'd watch them just not get pressure. And mm-hmm. I was always just like, why do we trade around, trade away Channel Jones? We had such a, like, such a solid, like powerful defense uh, pressure that we could get from him. And we just have nothing like it. And now we have worse players, and yet we get more pressure just because they're willing to use them properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manufactured mm-hmm. pressure. Yep. Mm-hmm. You send blitz so, packages and you rely on your corners and your safeties to cover. And that we do a brilliant job with that. And we actually unleash our pass rushers, even in four man rushes. When, we, when it was Patricia, it was all about maintain your gaps, keep them in the pocket. No. Mm-hmm. If, especially if it's not Cam Newton out there, if it's somebody that. Well, Cam Newton can't run now, but if it's somebody that can't really run, you send the pressure at them. And I fully expect, this segs into talking about the Jets, I fully expect us to send pressure at Luke Falk. Oh, 
probably every play. Because it doesn't look like, based on what he saw, now he was better than Simeon, but a lot of that was because there's no way the Browns were preparing for Luke Falk to come into that game at any point. But he looked better than Trevor Simeon, but he looked almost completely unwilling to throw downfield unless it was wide open. You know who the new backup QB is for the Jets? Officially, it's Le'Veon Bell, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it would be really funny if first play we in, I don't like injuries, but like if if Luke Fox left the game and then we see a whole game of Wildcat. <laughs> I mean, we're probably going to see a heavy dose of Wildcat anyways because we saw. Remember last year against the Bills, mm-hmm. we might see a, a situation like that again where they run a bunch of Wildcat looks and things like that, and they don't really try to throw it too much. The Jets really have nothing, do don't they? They have they have a, a linebacker they paid. Like nine hundred million pounds or dollars <laughs> <laughs> worth worth the same nowadays Brexit, but yeah, they they have, <laughs> they have nothing on defense. They have nothing on offense. I mean, they've got Jamal Adams. They they have a better defense than they do in offense. Jamal Adams is good. I forgot about him to be fun. I like. They him. have. I wish. I wish he was on a different team. They have talent yeah, on that. A week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have talent on that defense. They don't have very much cornerback, but they've got Leonard Williams. They've got CJ Mosley and they got Jamal Jamal Adams. That's a pretty good trio of defenders. It's just not they don't have the pieces around that. And yeah, I, and I they just sat Tremaine Johnson. Just they they just sat him. What? Tremaine Johnson was play him. really, oh really bad in week one. He's he's a terrible player. Yeah, he but, just he got he got saved on that. I don't know how he looked that good on that Rams team, but he got paid off being on that team, and now he's just living la vida loca. <laughs> no, I fully expect we're going to send pressure at Luke Falk and that offense. We're going to disrupt them. They're not going to get much going because our defense is just too stout, and our offense is going to be able to move the ball against that defense. We might not be able to run as effectively as we'd like because our offensive line situation, because they yeah. do have good run-stuffing defensive linemen and linebackers, but they can't cover everybody, not with those corners. No. So this could be yeah. one of those games where Brady just dices a defense up for 300, 400 yards, and we don't yeah, really run the ball of, very much. Uh, 10 and 20 uh, set formations. And manufacture, manufacture quote, rushing yards out of like James White on screens. Because that's sometimes when we can't run the yeah, ball exactly. traditionally, that's what we do is we just pass the ball short to our running backs, usually James White. Mm-hmm. Or bubble screens to a wide receiver or something like that. Let yep. Edelman run with it. Yep. So I was furiously Googling while you guys were talking. So I wasn't really <laughs> paying attention. Because um, I'm trying to find out uh, how rookie quarterbacks do against Bill Belichick defense. Not well. Very poorly. Yeah, I couldn't find an exact number, uh, a recent one, because all the stuff was from 2017. But I found a comment on Reddit from 11 months ago. It says on NFL Network, they said that Belichick is 23 and 0 against QBs under the age of 25 at Foxborough. Mm-hmm. Let's break that. This is from a Chiefs fan. So we know how that ended. Yeah. So I think yeah. they're at least 24 and 0 against we, quarterbacks under the age of 25 at Foxborough. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we should be able to handle this pretty well. I just, I don't see a way the Jets are going to win this game. So it's not right, working QB though, is it? Here's uh Might as well be. Here's something for you. Do, it's do not, the Jets it's not. 
Did the Jets score a touchdown this week? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be hard to not allow a touchdown, you know, for three weeks. <laughs> I just left him Bell. Well, they've already done that. I thought it was a field goal. Uh, no, they've already gone three weeks without allowing a touchdown. Uh, you're allow a touchdown in the Super Bowl. No, I'm. I'm just. I should keep going back. Our team or is. If, <laughs> if you want to go back, I think. Uh, if you want to go back to the last regular season, I don't think they allowed a touchdown in uh, last four the games. Last couple of games, yeah. Total four games total. Their last but regular I, season touchdown, I believe, was against Pittsburgh last Steelers. year. Third yeah. quarter, maybe. No, I mean, someone's left. I would say. That. I think we saw the same yeah. thing. I would say. I mean. It wouldn't be surprising if we don't allow a touchdown, but to, it, it also wouldn't be surprising if we do. But I, they're, I don't think the Jets are going to crack 20 by any means. No. They shouldn't even. They probably won't get close to that. I don't think they'll crack eight. <laughs> it's just, they're just not a good team. They're better than the Dolphins, but that's because everybody's better than the Dolphins. They might be the worst team of all time. But I'm saying you're a better dancer than Stephen Hawking. It's just not difficult. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little yeah, messed up fine. to say, but it's, it's accurate. He it, can't complain. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just not a concern, is it? It's one like we said this last week about the Dolphins. I'm just not concerned. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like sending your kid out to play in the 1960s. You just do it. They're going to win right. or do whatever yeah. kids do. Unfortunately, the pick and portion of our podcast had to be cut due to an error in our recording that cut out Matt's audio. This shouldn't be an issue in future episodes, but it has forced us to end this show early. That concludes this episode of the Pink Strikes podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.